BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to hour number two, live right here on this Tuesday on the early line on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside. In hour number two, a sample of everything really across the sports landscape. We'll hit the National Football League. Some big news in the running back value conversation. We'll take up this offseason once again. Out on the PGA Tour, the beginning of the Florida Swing at the formerly named Honda Classic. Now the Cognizant Classic down in mm. Palm Beach. We'll have our sports professor, Rick Horo, that knows the Sunshine State better than most. A little bit of everything here in this second hour Alive on a Tuesday on the early line. Yeah, look, a lot of sports are colliding at this point, Ben. It's fantastic stuff as we are ramping up for the Masters. We're not too far off there from heading down Magnolia Lane at Augusta. We know we love that here to see that play out. But also, more importantly, we are looking forward to some NFL talk here, Major League Baseball talk. (laughs) It's that time of year. And also, what are we, like a week out here from Daylight Say? I mean, come on now. You get me excited already. Let's get after it this hour. What was it yesterday? In the yeah. backyard of one Donnie Wright son. Yeah. It seemed like with Fischl. upper 50 Fischl. temperatures here in the Northeast, it was an early peak of cigar season, was it not? It was a couple pups out on the back deck here, relaxing, mm. 55 degrees. It felt good at night getting that first smoke in. The humidor is fired up and at 72% here, humidity, ready to rock and roll for the summer now. We're ready here. Will it be another sneak peek of cigar season today with temperatures in the mid-50s? Mm. I'm going to have to pace myself here. I'm getting a little bit older here, pace first cigar of the season. You don't want to overdo yeah. it at this point here, but we will get back to the pace of having at least one cigar a day relatively shortly here. I am proud of you, Donnie Wrightside. I certainly yeah. am. Let's bring in that Sports Grid Radio audience here to hour number two of a Tuesday, live on the early line on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. He is Donnie. I am Ben. So almost like clockwork, we are in the early stages of an NFL offseason. Inside that franchise tag window that opened up exactly a week ago and will stay open for exactly another week. 4 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, March 5th. And once again, we are going to have a conversation that carries through the NFL offseason about the value of running backs, even the best running backs around the National Football League. Because some very, very, very big names of the running back position will not be tagged by the respective NFL franchises and will be available in free agency. Just look at the names on this list. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, and Austin Eckler. None of this is necessarily surprising, DRS, based on the names. Certainly Barkley, Jacobs, and Pollard that were tagged a season ago. But the fact that all of these names will not be tagged once again, the value of a franchise tag number is not even worth it for these respective NFL organizations in all five of those backs will hit the free agency market. It's crazy when you think about it. It really is. Because usually under times where it's like, hey, you know, the NFL, we're not selling enough tickets here. Uh, ratings are down. Our salary cap actually got lowered, Ben, by $30 million. Like, oh, man, the running backs are going to yeah. take the brunt of this for sure. But that's not the case. We went up $30 million. And these NFL teams are saying, like, you're not even worth it here. Like, oh, look at this. Saquon Barkley wanted, I don't know, $14 million a year last year from the New York Giants, let's just say. And like, oh, the cap went up really high. I can probably get my $14 million this year. And they're telling them, yeah, I don't 
think so. You might even take a pay cut based on what you did last year. And I don't want to hear any running back say, like, this is terrible. We need to hold out. We need to form a committee and maybe, you know, strike and hold out for next year. You did it to yourself. Look at the running backs on that list that got big money last year. And we didn't include Dalvin Cook making about $10 million to do absolutely Mm. nothing with the Jets. Eckler screamed at the top of the stands last year. I want to be paid like that. So how does he return the payment here for the Chargers? Like, I ankle sprain week one was never the same the rest of the year. You take a look at Saquon Barkley. What did he do for the Giants last year? They absolutely imploded as a team. You also take a look at Jacobs out there for the Vegas Raiders. Didn't help them at all. These were the guys that were looking to break the bank, but NFL teams now sitting back and saying like where's the return on investment this might have been the worst year tony pollard for the cowboys hey he's going to take that next step no zeke elliott in the backfield let's see what he can do he barely did anything this season so the nfl running backs have themselves to blame because they didn't put themselves in the most positive light last year screaming they should be getting paid good luck this all season so last offseason, when Saquon Barkley was firmly in the value conversation with the franchise tag, he was coming off a career year. The Giants made the playoffs. Josh Jacobs led the National Football League in rushing yards two NFL seasons ago with more than 1,600. And you had Tony Pollard emerging as the guy who had a better year than Zeke. And now Zeke was gone and Tony Pollard was going to lead the way for Dallas. All were disappointing in their own ways in 2023. So it leads us to the running back value conversation this year as well. I will say the same thing I'm going to say now that I said in offseason ago. It makes sense from the running back individual perspective to believe they are worth more money. And individually, to a specific team, they might just be worth that value. But from the NFL organizational perspective, they are never going to pay for it knowing what has happened with the running back position in the National Football League. Look at guys like Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh-round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. There is probably one running back, in the National Football League that has earned his value, and his name is Christian McCaffrey at this current mm-hmm. juncture. The last long-term extension we saw during an offseason for a running back was Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns, and not to his fault, but with a catastrophic injury last year with Cleveland, you could worry about how some of that value has been returned offensively for the Browns. Until we see a new long-term contract extension for a running back in the National Football League, there will never be a change in terms of the running back value for even the best names around the National Football League. You're absolutely right. And also, one of the names we left off that list again, and credit his agent, maybe one of the best. I don't even think it's Drew Rosenhaus or maybe even should have been Scott Boris. Do you remember Miles Sanders leaving Philadelphia in free agency and got big money to go to Carolina only to find themselves behind Chuba Hubbard after like week number three? It doesn't pay for an NFL organization to pay for the running back position. You're best off your been doing what? Late round flyer on a draft pick, keep them for four years, use them, abuse them, and kick them out the door and not pay them, and do it all over again. That's what we come to in the NFL. That's how the cycle works. If you are drafted in the first round, you have a five-year deal, four years with a team option for the fifth. If you are drafted on day two, it's a fourth round. After that, it's a three-year contract where this cycle continues. Here was an interesting tweet by the Cardinals yesterday stating that Kyler Murray is their franchise quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, we knew that was the case, despite the fact that Arizona is drafting fourth overall in the 2024 NFL Draft. A PGA Tour preview with Keith Stewart up next on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Florida Swing begins on the PGA Tour every time, every season, a big component of the PGA Tour schedule. We welcome on Keith Stewart live right here on this Tuesday on the early line on SportsGrid to preview the formerly named Honda Classic, now the Cognizant Classic, and a big one at Jack's Place down at PGA National in Palm Beach. Keith, we appreciate the time on this Tuesday. Thank you for joining us here on the early line to preview a new event and a new week on the PGA Tour. Well, I'll tell you what, when you make the move east, you know we're only about seven weeks from Magnolia Lane. So I'm pumped. 13 of the top 40 are here. Last year, a little bit of a weaker field for the Honda Classic. Shift gears to the Cognizant. And we've got a couple superstars there. So let's get into it. We certainly do. We will get to the odds board in just a moment. The Cognizant Classic, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, into the Players' Championship, the fifth major of any golf season. And that will be just about a month out from a stroll up Magnolia Lane for the 2024 Masters at Augusta National Golf Club. So, Keith, it's an important time for the best in the world to start playing their best less than two months away from Augusta. How do you evaluate then the Florida swing in what it means for the rest of the season on the PGA Tour? Well, certainly this time of year, guys are really starting to gear up for that first major for the players. We have come east. A number of these players, they reside there down in the Jupiter area. So the Florida swing to them is really the start of their season the moment with which they're on more comfortable grasses, the golf courses are, are, you know, we've seen the PGA National or the champion course since 2007 for this event. We're going back to Bay Hill in a week. I mean, so these guys start to get very comfortable with their game. We start to see more of a European influence of players coming over, everybody trying to get ready for major season. So it, it gets much more serious. And this is a serious golf course, guys. This is one of the top 10 toughest on the tour and certainly one of the toughest that's not a major championship venue. You know, par 71, 7,100 yards, and all sorts of trouble all over the place. 15 of the holes have water in play, which I know would catch Donnie's attention. Mm, absolutely. Not finding me out there dunking golf balls there, certainly, no doubt about no. that. Let's take a look at this tournament itself and also more broader spectrum here, Keith, of growing the game. We take a look, and for me, the Florida swing usually for me starts the actual golf season because the anticipation mm. starts to build on the East Coast before we ramp up and hit Augusta. But when we talk about live golf coming into the fold, not really great for the good of the game because why? We don't see all the superstars on one tour battling on a week-to-week basis. But also, number two, we talked over the break here, the match played last night which had Rory McIlroy in it why is that important Rory's the favorite to win this week but there wasn't a lot of hype around and quite frankly stumbling on a channel quite confused like oh is this live is this real talk about the match here and will it continue and also why didn't they promote it that much here Keith the ninth edition of the match came together last night and it was brought brought in part a lot by Seth Wa, who is the CEO of the PGA of America. There's a project that they did down there in the West Palm Beach area, right near where PGA National is, a public golf course called The Park at West Palm Beach. And it was a, it was a way to kind of promote this project and trying to help, you know, um, less deserving people in order to chance, you know, to get out and play golf on a very nice venue than those that belong to all the private, you know, golf communities there in Southeast Florida. Now, that being said, I can't answer your question why Rory, Max Homa, the first time they've ever in nine editions of the match, they brought LPGA stars into the fold. Lexi Thompson was there. uh, Rose Zhang was there. And quite honestly, they missed the mark almost entirely. If not for Charles Barkley and DJ Khaled, I mean, yeah, I'm talking DJ Khaled over Rory McIlroy last night at the match. Uh, It was just kind of a tough scene. 
quite honestly, the first time they spoke to DJ Khaled, he thought he was playing in the match. That's how much confusion <laughs> was around the marketing of this thing. And I'm not kidding you. He, he was warming up on the range. You could see it on social media. It was. It was Rory yeah. McIlroy hitting balls next to Rose Zhang. It was one of the bright young stars in women's golf. And then DJ Khaled getting ready to go like he was going to be out <laughs> on the golf course to what Keith just said. We, that's well said. DRS <laughs> yeah. and I mean, DJ yeah. Khaled playing in a little foursome together. That sounds like a good time. Now let's focus on the odds for the Cognizant Classic this week on the PGA Tour. Rory in action in the match last night. And look at the prices here for this week's event. Seven to one, the number on Rory McIlroy. Cam Young, second best price at 200 to one. Keith, Rory McIlroy is nearly a third of everybody else in the field at the Cognizant Classic. Is that too short of a price to bet on Rory? Well, if you watch the match, and I, you know, maybe I was and about six other people did, you could see right away that Rory had a tough time beating just the three people he was playing last night. And this goes back to a lot of what's happening this year. We've seen these tremendous stories, like again in Mexico last week, Jake Knapp winning. Who's Jake Knapp? Well, these young stars, they're very focused on the golf. And it still seems like the tumultuous nature of what's going on on the tour really has the stars either pressing or just totally distracted. You know, Rory had to go participate in this event last night and try to be an entertainer, and now he's coming into an event where he's the heavy, heavy favorite on a golf course that he hasn't played in competition in five or six years. Yes, he's won there, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still not sure that golf has Rory's full attention. And, you know, it goes back to Donnie's point about what's happening with Liv and the split. Every event Rory is going to be asked about because he's going to be one of the favorites about what's going on in golf, and he just can't talk about the golf. The bigger name that everyone's talking about this week is Eric Cole. He lost last year in a playoff to Chris Kirk at 14 under par. He's a hometown guy. He's coming in as one of the heavy favorites, and his golf game really kind of suits this golf course, which is why he popped last year, and you're going to hear a ton of conversation about him at the top of the board, maybe even more than Rory. Taking a look at this golf course here, Keith, PGA National, par 70, also 7,140 yards in length. We take a look at some of these golfers who might be able to exceed expectations on this golf course. And also, Keith, how about the weather conditions this week? Always a big part. Any rain in the forecast, cooler temperatures, warmer. What are we looking at there as well? This week, you know, one of the things that caught my eye definitely was the superintendent's report where they talked about what kind of a miserable winter they've had down there in southeast Florida. They've had a ton of rain. They've had a ton of clouds. It's been cooler than usual. It's been damp. Those are poor growing conditions. The Honda Classic or the Cognizant Classic there at PGA National has been known for you've got to put the ball in play, got to keep it out of that Bermuda rough, and you've got to keep it out of those penalty areas or water hazards. So one of the things that I think is that the guys that kind of bomb it a little bit and maybe miss the fairway are are going to have a little bit more of an edge than they've had in the past because the course conditions aren't where they want them to be. And tournament officials have been very exacting about that. So when you start to look at your models or the guys' names, I, I would also favor a little power here, which we haven't done in the past. Will that favor Rory? You know what? It's definitely to his advantage. But overall, we're going to be seeing softer golf course conditions thinner rough than usual and the weather looks pretty good low 80s and maybe a chance of rain on Sunday but overall uh, a challenging breezy week that we've come to expect down there at the Cognizant Classic. Keith about a minute left in this segment we have looked at the outright odds now give us a few names to pay attention to this week that will just have a good week in terms of those finishing positions top 10s top 20s top 40s who do you have your eye on at the Cognizant Classic? Near the top of the board, I like the I like JT Postman to deliver. I love him at about 3,300. The next guy near the top of the board as well is Russell Henley. Russell Henley keeps the ball in play. Last two years, he's had a top 10 there. He's also won there in 2014. Further down the board, as you start to build out your card, diversify things a little bit, head-to-heads. Of course, those placements, Steven Yeager, Tom Hoagie, Ben Griffin, who's always great on Bermuda, and mm. Christian Zadenhut. He has had a fantastic start to the season. The South African is really a good ball striker and somebody I'm going to feature in my placements for sure. 
That's a really good card and a really good look with some of the early leans here on the early line. Keith, we appreciate the time as always. Keith Stewart joining us here to get us set for the Cognizant Classic and the Florida Swing on the PGA Tour. A man that resides in the Sunshine State. That's our sports professor, Rick Horo. Your guest is good as ours. Next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If what just happened in the commercial break and the seconds leading up to this segment here on Sports Grid is any indication of what the next 11 minutes are going to be like, everybody is in for it. We might all be canceled. I will just start by saying I disavow. That's Donnie Wright's side. Our sports professor, Rick Horo, is here in the middle. Rick, you were here on Thursday. You're here about five days later. We can't get rid of you. I called on Saturday and you weren't around. I don't know where you were. Maybe wow. trying to win some golf money. And and I, you know, I called wrong side at home and I said, I'm starting to cry, man. I want to be on every day with you guys, at least every day with wrong side. And then you and I can decide yeah. when we want to do something. But I, it's compelling, I man. How about all of those decisions? Yeah, you quit. I, I know it's your agenda, but how about that NIL ruling? Uh, I guess we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, but I'm free to yeah. uh, ponder. The future of college football. Thank you very much. We we appreciate that your knowledge spans everything here. He's a in leader in the industry. Business. We'll get to that leader in, in the just industry. a little bit. But we we start with some of the big news yesterday out of the NBA. The Los Angeles yeah. Clippers, Rick Hordo, unveiling a massive rebrand, a part of a new era. Of course, the new two billion dollar arena elsewhere in Los Angeles and the Clippers getting back to the old showing you a former Clipper ship that looks more like a yacht or a cruise ship in their logo but it's all part of a massive rebrand for this Clippers organization what does it truly mean what is the significance for the this team in Los Angeles well, the logo really depicts Donald Sterling sailing off into the sunset and leaving Steve oh, Ballmer with a $2 million, $2 billion purchase price. Uh, two minutes in. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, but the bottom line is the Intuit Dome is a $2 billion project, and the real key is to rest the relevance of basketball on the pro level from the Lakers. They ain't going to do it overnight, especially those 17, those titles by the Lakers. But, you know, moving out of crypto, uh, having their own identity, uh, the real key, as in any rebranding, the team's got to start playing well. And they have a team with the assets that can challenge. The new branding is called, we're going to do something in the NBA we've never done before, which is play some defense and pass. And let's see what happens with it. But to their credit, new arena right next to SoFi, new brand, a major market in a city where even if they get 30% of the fans, it's a home run. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. I do like, by the way, the rebranding here. I like the uniforms coming back in. Just need that team to sort of ante up in this playoff run to sort of set them up. If we take a look at the NBA, we looked at the All-Star game. Not a great ratings bonanza here, but also you still have to make a pitch to the NBA on why you want to host All-Star weekend. It looks like the Suns in 2027 are going to get that. Rick, what goes into making a pitch here to get an NBA All-Star team or All-Star game? Same thing. 
same thing that goes into making a pitch on all of these other mega events like Toronto that just happened for NHL All-Star Week and Super Bowl and World Cup and all the mega events. You've got the tourist board that funds significant uh, dollars for promotion and subsidy. They don't like to call it that, but they do. Then the hotels step up and commit to guarantees that they're not going to gouge everybody. You've got to have a city that has enough hotel rooms to accommodate the weekend. The standard now is what came out of Vegas for the Super Bowl last month, and now it ratchets up for everybody else. Matt Ishbia wanting to make a major commitment in Phoenix because of the Suns. He rallies the troops, gets everybody together, says this is our infrastructure-laden community, so let's have the Suns stand out. You can't blame them. Uh, the, the lure is the team is the last one to make money when the All-Star Weekend comes to you in any sport. But you can get increased season ticket prices, preferences on future deals, major corporate sponsorship. So it's kind of a lost leader for the team, and Matt Ishbia and the Suns are all in. Phoenix and the Mercury will host WNBA All-Star Weekend later this summer. I think Matt Ishbia needs to ditch the city of Phoenix overall, return to East Lansing, and start investing once again in Michigan State men's basketball. Just my perspective. Rick, big news late last week. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, thank God he didn't listen to you for the fans of Phoenix. So keep going. For for sure. I would agree (laughs) with that as well. Rick, big news last week. Unprecedented. A movement for the NFL salary cap up by $30 million to north of 255 mil. So an unprecedented improvement. How come? Well, uh, labor peace, uh, international expansion. Roger Goodell's uh, desire to have $25 billion a year in revenue. They're not there, but they continue to increase. And what it means is it all feeds on itself, obviously, because now with the TV numbers and the streaming, uh, you have all of that baked into this new process. And what does it mean for all 32 teams? Well, if you've managed the cap badly, all of a sudden you've got a new $30-plus million handed to you like everybody else. What does it also mean? Josh Allen, obviously uh, Kirk Cousins, T. Higgins, the all of the kind of uh, free agents du jour, Chris Jones, they've got teams that can bid on their services that they didn't expect. And from a management perspective, you go to the cap, you go to the cap, you have owners say, spend maybe more than a cap. We'll readjust later on and hope we mm-hmm. get an extra Christmas gift with $30 million more. And everybody has it. Rick, liability is the word of the day. And the reason we're bringing this up is court storming in college ranks here, whether it be football and or basketball. We don't see it in the professional ranks anymore. Talk to me about what we could be looking forward to because we got a player that was injured. How long he's out for, we don't know about that. But are we looking at more serious things that could come up down the line where let's just say you court storm and you do have injury, you do have melees on the court. Where does this leave the NCAA institutions that quote-unquote still allow this year? Well, John Shire stepped up. You see his statement right there. But the other piece of this is that uh, there is fairly little of this in professional sports. I talked to a lot of the security guys who run stadiums and arenas, and they say, well, you know, part of it is the walls are higher in the professional world so we can regulate it. That's only a very small part. The real part is it's baked in and built in that you have security, even compelling security. Remember how the horses come out when you're close to a win in a World Series? You don't want to screw with them. And certainly there needs to be some stepping up. And by the way, this is the time everybody says the conferences ought to do it themselves. Well, the ACC's done nothing yet. The SEC has. How about a little bit of NCAA leadership, if only as guidance, saying, well, we didn't do anything with NIL, although we said athletes ought to be paid. We didn't do anything with Transfer Portal. So how about let's do something with court storming? Because if you have a problem and you ignore it and it's gross negligence, you can be liable and you need to pay the best lawyers in the world to help you. So I'm going to – can I put the billboard up? Is that okay? So – This seems like the perfect NCAA thing to get involved in, (laughs) knowing the sham of institution that they were and currently are as they go into the courts and have their (laughs) entire model and structure just taken down to the absolute bare minimum. The NCAA should get involved in court storming and screw it all up. 
once again. <laughs> Speaking of NIL, though, some big news last week for EA Sports College Football 25. Yeah. Starting last week at this time, 11,000 players, excuse me, from 134 FBS programs can start to opt in to receive their $600 NIL payment in a copy of the game. Now, some might say that's not enough money for the biggest superstars in the sport. They have their brand deals and payments in other areas, and you could argue this only increases their marketing opportunities. My main question, Rick, is not about the NIL structure from EA Sports, but is Rick Horo buying a PS5 this summer and going to play a little EA Sports College Football 25? I don't know how to do it. You're going to have to help me with that, by the way, because as yeah. you know, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. I'm old and decrepit and not tech savvy. But uh, by the way, one quick comment too about your prior stuff: the court storming NCAA. Yeah. The regulation of that is a great idea. When the Stevens rant started about screwing it up, that's all Stevens. That has nothing to do with me. Just so you understand, right. as it we relates to college sports. Good. Yeah. yeah. We, hey, a permanent mutual disavowment. That's about as good yes. as it gets. But as far sure. as the overall process, yeah, there it is. As far as the overall process of, of video rights in the EA, 85 kids, students per school, the 600 bucks. If you're in, you've opted in through the end of your career, 134 D1 schools. They've also cut a side deal with collegiate licensing company where not only will the names and likenesses appear, but the stadiums, the mascots, the kits, the sponsors. So the games will be really authentic. EA Sports paid a lot of money for the settlement and the likeness, but everybody's talking about being ready to play this game, whether you're good like you or not like me. By the way, Rick, quickly on that double down here, if, if we're looking at the players, can they opt out of this and try to renegotiate if they think they're a bigger superstar? Or is this a flat line? This is what your fee is, yes or no? If you say no, you're just not in the game. Well, that's the way it is now. Now, there may be some folks who will opt out and then the leverage will bestow on them to say, hey, maybe we want to revisit it. Right now, that's not possible. And by the way, that links back to the NIL rulings. And as we know, there is a very significant issue there to the extent we want to talk about that. Mm. You got 50 seconds. Floor is yours. Whoa, I wasn't even going to ask a right. follow-up yeah. question. Uh, come on. All right. Yeah, there you go. So here's the answer uh, as I fall <laughs> off my chair. here's the here's the answer Uh, i'm shaking the industry up in more ways than more ways than one so it's all right nil major issue virginia uh tennessee the courts are getting involved in the middle of it and we have a major march 8 college football hall of fame turbulence in college sports that we're doing that leads to some specials. Oh, yeah. So it's not only important, but it's a shameless plug for the big event we're having. Come back, hear more about it. Wait another week, hear a lot more about it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Um. 
loves himself some college football in the offseason? The Sports Grid Network absolutely does. And here in hour number two, look, it never gets old. We got some talents out there that we got to talk about. And also a very good, maybe to great quarterback class as we set the tide here. It's Donnie right side. It's Ben Stevens. And away we go. The notable college football players here, particularly at the quarterback position. It's very simple. It's been Caleb Williams for a while. And also a shameless plug coming up when we talk about fading the public. Do we have generational talents here, Ben, that are going to be involved in this 2024 draft to try to watch out for? But if we're looking at the quarterback class as a whole, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., and J.J. McCarthy. It seems like we're on par here for getting a lot of first-round draft picks being used on quarterbacks here, Ben. So I just want to ask to make sure we're doing the right thing here. 2024 Mm -hmm. NFL draft. Are we still considering this a college football conversation? Yes. Have any one of these guys played a pro football game yet? Nope. They're college kids. No. Until they're drafted. Okay. College kids. All right. Just wanted to make sure. So as we go back to those six quarterbacks that highlight the 2024 Mm -hmm. NFL draft class, I think you could break them up into three groups. The big three and the other three. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. That's the big three. The other three would be led by J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix Jr. But I do believe, Donnie, there is a chance we set a record this year in the modern draft era for the most quarterbacks ever selected in the first round of an NFL draft. We have seen five two times in the modern draft era of this seven-round format. We have never seen six. But I believe as we get more markets later on in the next two months, approaching Thursday night, April 25th, the opening round of the 2024 NFL draft, the over-under for the number of quarterbacks taken in the first round will be at five and a half. And although the juice might move either which way, I think the over will have the juice, meaning we could see six quarterbacks taken in the first round. But I do believe there is a clear delineation between the big three, Caleb, Drake, Jaden, to the other three, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, and J.J. McCarthy. Let's take a side here. I'm going to ask you this question, Ben, as we line up these six quarterbacks that we're sort of targeting here, maybe to be first-round draft picks. And as always, the bust factor comes in as well, but also maybe some of the underrated quarterbacks. So let me ask you this question. Out of the six quarterbacks, give me an overrated player that you feel might be a little bit too hyped here, might not have that NFL career that some might anticipate, and also the opposite end of the spectrum. Where's an underrated quarterback that you say, you know what? I think somebody's missing the boat on this guy. He could be the best overall player in this draft. Overhyped is an interesting part of this conversation. I don't know if anybody is overhyped at this moment, but I'm a big believer in Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. I'm not sure they're worth the value of a first-round pick. Why do I say that? Not just based on skill and acumen at the quarterback position, but there's a really good chance, Donnie, that all six of these quarterbacks go in the top 20 of the 2024 NFL Draft. If you are a first-round selection, as we shared earlier, it is a five-year deal, really a four-year contract with a team fifth-year option. Let's say that Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. play out that opening contract into five years. Both Nix and Penix Jr. are going to be 24 years old before they play in their first ever NFL game if they were to play out the entirety of that contract which would be a positive thing they would be nearly 30 years old by the time any contract negotiation for a second NFL deal really got underway I'm not sure either is worth that not that I don't think they could have a long NFL career or be a successful NFL QB it's just I'm not sure the value is there J.J. McCarthy would be the one from the hype, though, that you would probably point to, knowing what he did at Michigan. Five of the final six games of his career, throwing for less than 150 yards in that five-game sample size, only a touchdown to an interception. His best game of 2024 was the second most important on the calendar to the Rose Bowl against Alabama, 17 of 27 for 221 yards and three touchdowns. Will the production match the hype and the optimism? That might be the question, although Michigan ran a system that relied on the ground to get things done. J.J. would tell you that. Jim Harbaugh would tell you that. Sharon Moore would tell you that as well. The O.C. and now head coach in Ann Arbor. Underrated? 
I'm not sure you can be underrated if you might be the second overall draft pick, but I think Drake May is there. We often see this. We have the last few years. There is a leading quarterback, and that year this is Caleb Williams, and then 1A. It's always our thought entering a new college football season, and then 1A trails off just a little bit. Drake May, to me, is 1A. I think Drake May is right there with Caleb Williams, not a guy that could unseat Caleb Williams for that first overall pick, just in my estimation, nearly as good and should be deserving of the second overall pick in this 2024 draft. Generational talents here don't come along that often here. Maybe once every 10 years or so, we take a look at a quarterback and say, we have to tank for that guy. Last time we saw it was Trevor Lawrence. Before that, it was probably Andrew Luck. And now we're talking about Caleb Williams, who has been sensational in his college football career. Over 10,000 yards passing here, 120 total touchdowns, and only 14 interceptions. He was the 2022 Heisman Trophy winner. And most, quite frankly, yeah. a lot of people had him pegged to possibly go back-to-back in 2023 as well. Now, things didn't work out all that great, and it is a team sport, and USC did not live up to the hype. We take a look at the number one overall pick odds here. Caleb Williams is a heavy favorite at minus 1,600. So my question to you is here, do you think this talent is going to stack up right away in the NFL? And also, do you believe he'll be the first pick in the draft? And also, will he be a Chicago Bear? Without a shadow of a doubt, Caleb Williams is going to be the first overall pick at minus 1,600. The odds are that way for a reason. They might move over the next two months into this draft cycle as Combine Week begins in Indianapolis. Workouts on Thursday, measurements taken throughout this week, interviews with the 32 NFL clubs in Indy this week for the best prospects in the 2024 draft the odds might move but Caleb Williams is going first overall again the disclaimer is that doesn't have to be first overall to Chicago just the first player to hear his name called on the opening night of the 2024 NFL draft on Thursday April 25th that to me is a virtual certainty for Caleb Williams I still believe The Bears are going to be the team using that number one overall selection to take Caleb Williams in parting ways with Justin Fields at a certain point of this offseason over the next two months. But without a doubt, whether it's Chicago or Washington moving up or another team that tries to take that first overall pick, Caleb Williams is going to be the first overall selection. Now, generational talent is something that could be given to him but generational is an adjective that maybe we use a little bit too loosely or overuse the last few years I think Caleb Williams is going to be great I think Caleb Williams is deserving of that minus 1600 price to be a first overall selection generational I'm not entirely sure but when you look at the numbers for Caleb Williams his Heisman winning season in 2022 he had a 60 point, 66.6% completion percentage 4,537 passing yards 42 passing scores to only five interceptions and a passer rating of 168.5 also ran it for 10 touchdowns he was in the Heisman conversation for the first two months or so of the college football season before USC stumbled down the stretch but the numbers were almost there 30 passing touchdowns to five interceptions played one less game of course than he did in 2022 but he had a better passing rating at north of 170 had more rushing touchdowns as well and a better completion percentage Kayla Williams is deserving of being that first overall pick. Is he generational? We'll wait and see. By the way, if we take a look at those odds at the FanDuel Sportsbook to be the number one overall pick in this upcoming draft, it's Caleb Williams at a minus 1,600 price, followed by Drake May, that's plus 1,100, and also Jaden Daniels at a plus 2,500 price. They are all quarterbacks here. The reason I bring that up is if you are in the mix and you are already settled at quarterback in the top 10, Ben, you are going to get your yeah. choice of some really good football players to help out your team. Jonathan Brooks running back out of Texas. You have Trey Benson running back out of Florida State. And of course, 
the wide receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, and also one of the better tight end prospects over the past decade in yeah. Brock Bowers. Talk to me about some of these guys surprising maybe even at the combine or on their own pro day and also moving up that list. Who is going to be yeah. the first non-quarterback taken, Ben, in this draft? It's Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going to go fourth overall to the Arizona Cardinals if the structure of the opening round in the draft order remains the way that it stacks up right now. I believe quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three in the order the odds makers have it right now. Caleb Williams, the hefty odds-on favorite, minus 1,600 to be the first overall pick. Drake May, a slight odds-on favorite at minus 140 to be the second overall selection. Jaden Daniels is the favorite to go third overall. That's how I see it as well because I think the three teams at the top Chicago, Washington, New England all need a quarterback, will use their position in this 2024 draft to make that selection. And thus, we get to Arizona, which is a part of the interesting tweet, I guess, for Kyler Murray yesterday. The Cardinals just out of nowhere with no conversation around Kyler stating he is our franchise quarterback of course it drew the jokes from when they said Josh Rosen was our guy before they drafted Kyler Murray a few years back Kyler was paid to be the franchise QB I expect him to be entering 2024 and you could add maybe the best overall prospect in this draft at Marvin Harrison Jr. he's a minus 190 favorite to go to the Arizona Cardinals at this moment in the cards of course draft fourth overall but Donnie if it's going to be a hefty quarterback class it's also going to be a hefty wide receiver class and you are going to see those names like MHJ Malik Neighbors out of LSU Roma Dunze out of Washington Keon Coleman will be flirted I think we are going to see anywhere from four to five wideouts go in the opening round as well and by the way, taking a look at Malik Neighbors, who I think is a very intriguing prospect here from LSU. We also talked to him in the same breath as Jaden Daniels. We don't act like very good quarterbacks here. Are guys just running wide open? Do they play on such a good football team where it's easy to get into? The reason I bring that up is you take a look here and you say to yourself, okay, Marvin Harrison Jr., to me, is the best overall wide receiver here. When it's all said and done over the next five years in the NFL, when they're about to come up on their second contract, who is going to be that guy that's that top dog like, yes, Five years in the league, 6,000 receiving yards, you know, 25 touchdowns. Yeah. Who's that guy for you? Marvin Harrison Jr., without a shadow of a doubt, in my estimation. Marvin Harrison Jr. is that guy. I believe Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze and the other wide receiver prospects are going to be first-round draft grades, are going to be first-round picks. But I do believe Marvin Harrison Jr. is a peg above them all, at least where it stands right now. How early is the tight end who can do everything? Brock Bowers going to go, the earliest we have ever seen a tight end selected. Kyle Pitts, fourth overall a few years back to Atlanta and I will say this Donnie in terms of the conversation around Caleb Williams it's not so much his play or production even last year with USC it's some of the off the field chatter fair or unfair true or false surrounding him that I think would maybe take a hit to that draft stock that I do not believe is warranted we hear from the people about Caleb Williams next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Um... 
Rounding out this second hour of a Tuesday live right here on the early line on Sports Grid. I am Ben. He is Donnie. And this is the Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app available for download at both the Apple and the Play Store. Scan that QR code on your screen in a matter of moments. All of our insight and information available in the palm of your hand. We love the info as well. We love hearing from the people, especially about those trending topics in the world of sports. As Combine Week is about to get started in Indianapolis for the 2024 NFL Draft Cycle, we wanted to hear about the number one player in this draft who is more than likely going to be the number one overall pick. Caleb Williams, the 2022 Heisman Trophy winner. Is he generational? That is the question and fade the public. At Sports Grid TV on Twitter, do you consider Caleb Williams to be a, quote, generational NFL prospect? Two easy answers for you, yes or no. And most of the public is pretty sound in their judgment. 83% saying no. And we got a couple of replies as well, like from Corey saying, seems like the word generational gets thrown very loosely nowadays in sports. And I would agree with Corey. Donnie, how did you vote in this poll around Caleb Williams? I voted yes on this. And it's not to say that Caleb Williams is going to go down as the best quarterback in the history of the sport. But when you see a guy coming for years and organizations are restructuring their entire game plan, hoping they can get that guy, isn't that a generational guy? And also, we just did the odds, minus 1,600 to be the number one overall pick. Doesn't that sound generational as an absolute lock at this point? Now, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. And I do agree we throw generation around a lot. But this might be the best prospect we've seen in the past decade here in pro football, and he's a quarterback. Yeah, he's generational Mm. for me. Some have said that about Caleb Williams. Others have said maybe let's slow down the hype. We'll continue the conversation around Caleb Williams when hour three of the early line starts in 55 seconds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 